Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. Uh, I'm your host, my name is Chris, and with me I've got Mark. Hello. And with me from her exile in, uh, you were in Atlanta, weren't you? Yeah, we went to America for Christmas. You were in America for Christmas, that is impoverished student Emma back. (laughs) Hi. Did you have a nice time? Yes, it was amazing. And you watched a football game over there in a pub full of Liverpool fans, didn't you? Yeah, we watched... um... We didn't realise at the time, but it was a uh, well, sort of when we kept, went in. But it was the official Atlanta home of no, the Atlanta home of the official Liverpool supporters club. But there was no. I think there was about two people watching the game. It was when Liverpool played Bournemouth. Were they Bournemouth fans? Those two people. Oh, I don't know. We got very overexcited, saying, "I live like half an hour from that team," and <laughs> no one really sort of understood. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe nobody understood you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe your accent. <laughs> uh, we should be talking this week about the FA Cup replays that have happened. Uh, any forthcoming matches that excite us in the next round of the Cup? Uh, can you say what you want on social media and get away with it? Uh, any transfers plus our Premier League predictions? But we start with the big news this week that the original Ronaldo is considering coming out of retirement for Fort Lauderdale, who play in the second division of, uh, of the American Football League, or MLS. So, it's prompted me to ask you, who would you like to see come out of retirement? I'll start the ball rolling. I will say, uh, I don't care who of either of these, either Zinedine Zidane or Kevin Gallon. There's quite a gap between the two of them. Yeah, I know Zidane never played for QBR, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> and Zidane never got to play with Lillian Nallis either. Regrets, he had a few. Yeah, he did. It's not the head, but it's the Lillian Nallis. How about you two guys? Anybody you'd like to see come out of retirement? Um, I would say uh, Zidane is probably one. I would agree with you there. And um, had he not been cruelly robbed of his prime years, I would say comeback for me would be Marco Van Basten. Oh, no Everton player? Um, no. No? No big dunk? No, I wouldn't want him to ruin their legend status. That's true. By, by making them play with this lot. Hmm. Um, Emma, how about you? Um, I've got to say, I could probably. I'm just no. I'm just thinking. Um, I'd probably say at Cantona. Would you? Yeah, because I'd love to have seen him play. I'm far too young for that. No, you're not. I, well, you probably are, aren't you? Thinking about it. <laughs> how, how? What year were you born, Emma? 93. And you were four when he retired. Four. Yeah, when he retired. I mean, that's... Again, he's another, he just jacked it in way too early, really, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. I was 20 in 1997, by the way. 
What about ex-Pompey player? Oh, surely Robert Prozanecki would like to see out of retirement. Pompey don't. We were, um, I was talking about this the other day when I was in, New- I went to Newport at the weekend and Pompey don't deserve anyone half decent because anyone they get, they absolutely ruin. So I just give up. They can have the team they've got now and squander at the bottom of League Two until they change their lucky fortunes. Wow. You've been watching them too long. This is the voice of bitterness. This I well I Matt Tubbs made his um debut on Saturday and he's so hyped up and I think he even is still the well, maybe not after last weekend, but before he was League Two top scorer and he was just he just looked rubbish. He put him down to your level, rather than sort of... Yeah, he, definitely. He didn't raise the rest of them to his. He, they just no, put him down to yours. It does seem that way. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, we'll start with the FA Cup. And two probably most important games to us were, um, were Everton versus West Ham. But first of all, I'd like to go to Emma, because you were at Tottenham versus Burnley, weren't you? Yes. So in this one... Uh, Burnley went 2-0 up after 10 minutes and then Tottenham eventually scored 4, winning 4-2. Yep. So, was it Kapuwe's goal on half-time that sort of turned the tide or were they going to win anyway? Um, after the first, well, they scored within six minutes, I think it was for Burnley. And after that, it did like, it was one of those things that you know it's too good to be true. It was never ever going to stay 2-0. And, um, I turned around to my other half, who I went with, and when it, they got it back to two one, and I said, "If they, if Burnley, you know, if Burnley score again, then it's over. But if it stays like this, it will be four two Tottenham." And I was so proud that I got it right. He wasn't <laughs> so happy, but <laughs> but no, it was that goal that changed. They just got it at the right time, didn't they? Which is what Spurs have been doing all season, really. Mm. I think Burnley went with the game plan of knowing that Spurs are are not the quickest team out of the blocks, and sort of thought they'll. They'll try and do something straight away, which they did. But the game plan of then holding it obviously just didn't didn't happen. And Tottenham just, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they outclassed them because I think that's a bit. Burnley worked hard and they didn't stop working, but Spurs just had too much for them in the end. So it was a fair score, overall. Yeah, I think so. So who were you sat with, Burnley fans or Tottenham? No, we went in Spurs end. And because my other half has been to White Hart Lane as a Pompey fan in the away end, and he said that the view's not very good. So that was the simple reason we went in the home end. How much did you pay for your ticket? £20. Well, that's not bad, is it? No, that's why we went. You can pay £20 to go to Fratton Park every week, or you can pay £20 to go to White Hart Lane. Mm. Apart from it was £7 booking fee because we weren't a member. Which I thought was a bit steep. Oh, right. So was that a student discount, twenty pounds, or was that? No, they had seniors or kids. There was no other. That was just an adult fee. All oh, right, that's pretty good. That was the reason we went. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> so you... Pound fee is not is not pretty good. Three pound fifty ticket. Say it again. Did you say there was a seven pound booking fee? Yeah, that was what. Well, three pound fifty each. Yeah, seven pound. On top of the ticket price. Yeah, because we weren't members of any Lily White Association, I guess. Yeah, yeah I just thought I heard Chris say that's not too bad. I, you did. When you, look, when you think of £20 for a ticket, it wasn't too bad. But then by the time we'd got to the point where you're booking it, you 
sort of you're excited to go aren't you and we thought well seven pound okay that's fine we'll just pay that did you book it online or did you yeah do... so what's three pound fifty that's like uh, a 17.5 percent tax or charge for you pressing book <laughs> so that isn't really that great chris come on no, fair enough. I was thinking about the twenty pounds. To be honest, I thought that wasn't so Char- bad. Yeah, charge the charge them at three pound fifty for doing the book in herself and then clicking. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that isn't good. No, I suppose you put it like that. No, it isn't. <laughs> so it wasn't really a twenty pound ticket, was it? No, it was twenty three pound fifty. Oh, twenty three pound fifty. I mean, it's still reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. But this whole like culture we've got into and it's not just football is it it's like gigs it as well well yeah yeah and it wasn't just for clicking book it was because we weren't registered it was to basically register on the spurs database and be inundated with spurs emails from now yeah until yeah time. so they yeah you've paid for them you've paid for them to you've paid them to do their own marketing for them that's that's what that means as well <laughs> still 23 pound 50 is a good price but that's whole hidden charge nonsense. it's yeah Definitely. No, fair enough. I, I, one thing I did like about this is I can't remember who it was that scored, but um, Soldado followed it in with a big sort of smash into the open goal and missed and hit the post as they ran off and celebrated. <laughs> um, West Ham Everton, Mark. Mm-hmm. How did you feel watching this? Now, did you feel good at the end because you lost on penalties, or did you feel proud of your players for playing so long with ten men? And I think you took the lead, didn't you? No, we were behind. I think. Yeah, we were we went behind, yeah, and then we went in front. Yeah, so at the end of it, did you feel gutted that you lost on penalties um, or proud that they'd done as well as they did? Bit of a mixture of everything, really. I mean, the game was very even at half-time, um, and then McGeady got him sent off, lazily got himself sent off, but um, we played much better once, once he went off, whether that was because it was him that was dragging us down or whether just we decided to go out and go for it with 10 men because, you know, you're expecting to get beat at that point away to West Ham. Um, and then from that point on, the game as a whole, not just Everton's performance, was brilliant. You know, it was end-to-end, um, chances both sides. When it when it got to 2-1 to Everton, with about three or four minutes to go, they were starting to bombard our box with balls, in, good, not just lumping it into the box, but they were good, angled, well, well-struck balls towards Carroll, and obviously Carlton Cole came on as well. And having seen Everton, especially this season, but last season as well, we cannot defend the high ball very well at all. So it was obvious that we were never going to hang on once West Ham decided they were going to go long. Um, and obviously, the, as well, we talked about last week, Everton really cannot defend corners very well. Um, and thus, so it proved with a few minutes to go. So I think that was the most gutting part, that we couldn't hang on to the 2-1, even with 10 men. Towards the end, because we, we you know we put a good defensive shift in, um, but it was kind of obvious that 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 was going to happen once they were getting so many good opportunities in and around the box. And then when it came to penalties, again, I, I'd never, I never was never confident. I was never confident that they were going to win on penalties, but I was never confident West Ham would either. It was that kind of that kind of game. It was just it was strange, and it was a little bit like when we played Chelsea at the start of the season, when it was just ridiculously end to end by the finish. You know, it'd gone past football. It was more like, more like basketball. I like the sledging by the goalkeepers before the penalties. That was good. See, I, I know, I know you would love that stuff, but I, I just hate to see that. You know, when Krull did it in, uh, was it Krull? Yeah, yeah, he did it in the World Cup, didn't he? I would have at least yellow carded him. Well, your keeper was on a yellow, card. wasn't he? 
who was? Your keeper was on a yellow, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Adrian did it first as well, remember? Yeah, he did. But they both did it, and I just don't like to see that. No? No, I'm not a fan of it at all, you know. Um, so, I would have yellow carded. One of your players would have to go and go, wouldn't he? Yep, that's right, yeah, because you can't make a substitution during a penalty shootout. Like, you couldn't have substituted uh, Seamus Coleman, who was still on, mm. for a goalie. You can't make a substitute during the penalty shootout, save, save the goalie got injured. Well, their keeper took a penalty when James Tompkins was still still needed to take one, so he took one ahead of an outfield play, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectly allowed. Nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, you can tell what happened. He just saved a penalty and his, uh, his blood was up and he thought, sorry, I'm going to have a go. Well, he didn't save oh, it. He smashed it against the bar, didn't he? He did. But, I mean, it would have been nice to go on a cup run, but I think we've got some more pressing issues in the next five or six weeks to worry about. And so I'm not overly devastated that we're out of the cup. And at least we played better in the last couple of games than we have done for about the last six weeks. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we're playing better, but we still only won one out of the last 11 games in all competitions or something. So you can play as well as you like, but if you're not winning, it doesn't mean a thing. Well, you weren't the only one to suffer penalty heartbreak this week. Um, Fulham lost 5-3 on penalties to, or Fulham beat, sorry, Wolves 5-3 on penalties. Uh, that was after the game finished 3 all. Um, we've also got Chesterfield beating Scunthorpe 2-0. Bristol City beat Doncaster 2-0. Bradford beat Millwall. That's quite a feisty game, 4-0. Um, and did anybody see this last night? It switched Southampton. I, I, I came in. I've been, I've been away this week up to now. And I uh, got home. And I was lucky. <laughs> lucky enough to catch the last 20 minutes. Yeah, lucky quote-unquote. Yeah. Did you see this one, Emma? No. Was it Tottenham? Oh, you were. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this was pretty bad. Shane Long, um, I didn't realise how much before, but they sort of pointed out his work rate, and he does. He works extremely hard, doesn't he? He's a very good player. He, that's his redeeming feature, really. He's kind of the Irish Vita Olic. I was going to say the Irish Paul Dickoff. Close enough. That's probably. Well, yeah, you, I don't know enough about Evie Chirolich. I buy him on Championship Manager, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the um, replays done for the next round of the Cup. So anything that still sort of sticks out? Because you, you were quite sort of negative about this draw last week, weren't you? The negative. In what respect? Do you mean the, the ties that have been pulled out for the television? Yeah, well, no, it's in general, because the only one that really sort of floated your boat was the Villa Bournemouth one, wasn't it? Uh, uh, for the for the purposes of an upset that you would show on the television, yeah. Yeah. But I think they've gone. So, I mean, Liverpool against Bolton, I think they're going to be um, sniffing around Steven Gerrard all season now. I mean, Liverpool are going to be on every round now, that's guaranteed, until they go out. But. They picked it on the strength of Heskey going back to Liverpool, probably. That's it. I mean, that's a pathetic reason to choose Liverpool-Bolton mm. as one of the television games for the next round. Um, I don't remember if there was any. And, and Cambridge-Man United, yes, I can see why they've chosen it. But again, it's lazy picking Manchester United because there's going to be 10 million followers around the world watching the game. I can't remember exactly if there was any exciting time. I mean, Bristol City-West Ham now after the replays the other night. That could be a decent game. Rochdale Stoke. Rochdale, that's one of the TV games, yeah. And Birmingham-West Brom. Birmingham-West Brom I think I would have gone for because Pulis is now at West Brom. 
Birmingham are starting to go up the table, local derby, etc., etc. So I think you know that'll be one of the ties of the round, I would imagine. What about you? What's um, what are you interested in the next round? Um, for a selfish view, um, I'd quite like the Tottenham Leicester game to go to a draw and a replay, just because I'm in Leicester when it would be played. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, well, they played each other in the cup not so long ago in Leicester in the Championship, and uh, Leicester absolutely floored Spurs. You, then, yeah, this is I, about I, 2004. I, you won't remember this. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know, really. There's none. I'm just looking at it now. There's none that particularly are that amazing. Derby Chesterfield. That might be a local derby, is it? It's stre- pretty close. Yeah. Stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Bristol yeah. City, West Ham, I suppose. That's yeah. I think that's the one you've pointed out as well, isn't it? So that one, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one, shall we? Uh, in other news, Robert Hooth has been charged by the FA for playing a game of cock or no cock. Now, have either of you played this one? No. The, on- um, the online Twitter sensation. I've probably played it, but maybe it's not online. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other story. You played it out in Bangkok where you blindfolded. <laughs> well, basically what this game is, is there is a photo tweeted of uh, an individual with uh, breasts and you have to decide whether they've got something a little bit extra between their legs. Uh, not all of them do, and you've got to guess whether they have or haven't. Stoke City's Robert Hooth had a little game and he enjoyed himself. Uh, although some transgender groups complained to the FA and he's been charged by them. Uh, Manchester United have sacked their European scout, Torben Akiar, I think is how you pronounce it. I do apologise if not, for offensive posts. He's a Danish scout. Uh, the Guardian went on his Facebook page and saw he'd made some posts about sealing at the borders of Denmark and Eastern Europeans coming over and all that sort of thing. So this is something they presumably do in their own time. Are they role models and representatives of their club or can they do what they want? It's a tough call, isn't it, really? Mm, um, I'm kind of siding on the second side. They sort of, you know, their own time and they can say and do what they please, surely. Yeah, I think there there is a there's obviously a boundary where that is for different it's based on who the reader is of that i mean to me cock or no cock is is mildly amusing for a short period of time and then it wouldn't be hilariously funny and i wouldn't be you know going to work the next day and you know telling everybody how great it was it could awaken um, something within you that you've not realized was there before well that's possible and that that's maybe why i stayed away from it on twitter just in case anything within me, you know, became stirred. Mm. But, um, see, that to me is not offensive, but obviously somebody's found offence, or whether we're just, you know, the culture of everybody's dying to be offended by something or other nowadays. Yes. But then you can't go on Twitter or Facebook, or you shouldn't be able to go on Twitter and Facebook and post neo-Nazi or rallying calls for, you know, homophobic behaviour, or whatever it might be. To, so there's a there's a boundary, but everybody's boundaries and everybody's um, interpretation of what goes on is different. It's all subjective. Cock, cock, cock or no cock to me isn't worth uh, Robert Huth being pulled up in front of the FA and being charged. All right, you ever reviewed again? Um, no, can't say I have. Well, apparently his last game is this Sunday, so you got one more chance to. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with Mark. I think there's bigger fish to fry at the end of the day rather than this. But then if it offends someone, who are we to say that that's wrong as well? Surely being offended is part of life, isn't it? I mean, I get offended every time I see the front cover of the Daily Mail and their headlines. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more offended by the Football Association's appalling lack of being able to to determine who or, who is a, a fit and proper person to own a football club. I'm more offended by their inability to govern that properly than I am by some footballer playing like a daft um, game of whether somebody he posts a picture of online is a um, a lady boy or not. What about the other one then? There's the Manchester United scout. Um, I didn't see exactly what he's put, but I mean... It's quite UKIP-y. Yeah, UKIP are perfectly legal. Have we begun to... Are we going to ban Nigel Farage in the in the run-up to the general election because he doesn't want immigrants anymore? Can, oh, can we can we ban him from you know running as an MP or something? That's If that's his political belief, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing... There's nothing racist in saying, I think you should cut immigration. But if he's saying, I'm going to go out and I'm going to beat up all the uh, the blacks or I'm going to beat up all the Asians or I'm going to beat up all the Albanians, then that's a little bit different. No, he was more the first one, to be honest. Okay, so again, to me, if that's his political belief, then whether you agree with it or not, he's perfectly entitled to say it. Yeah, fair enough. Are you the same sort of thing, Emery? Yeah, and then it's a bit... Seems a bit ironic to me that he's then working for an English football club. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> coming over here or going over there or whatever, yeah. stealing our jobs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> staying in his own country and stealing our jobs, or re- recommending foreign footballers and taking their jobs. Yeah, exactly. he's staying in his own country and stopping us from going over there and stealing all their players. <laughs> but he is. Hang on, I, I don't know. It gets gets all in a mess then. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, but the guy that played Afghan, it was his birth it would have been his birthday yesterday, apparently. Warren Mitchell. Warren Mitchell, there you go. Where is he? We miss him. Um Fans halted the PSG game uh, this week, their League Cup game versus Saint Etienne for fifteen minutes after Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored a rather disputed goal. Um he chested the ball over the line and the goalkeeper was adamant that it didn't go in. Uh, he was wrong. It did go over the line, but that didn't stop the fans getting rather upset. It was quite a feisty game, this. Lots of tackles going in and um, Zlatan was on a yellow, made a rather sort of... It wasn't clumsy because he won the ball, but not the sort of tackle you tend to make on a yellow card. So the fans wanted him sent off. So that was all quite good fun. Um, so Jack Haywood, former owner of Wolves. Do you remember him, Mark? Yeah, he, I do. he pretty much saved them, didn't he, 20 years ago? He bankrolled them in the 90s, didn't he, for people like mm-hmm. sort of Steve Corica and Simon Osborne and people like that? Well, I don't think it was just that. I think he also bankrolled the whole redevelopment of Molyneux because, as I remember it, from pictures at least, is that it looked like an old 1930s railway shed. I remember having grass down one side where the terrace was. Yeah, was it like a, bank, like a muddy bank or something? Yeah, well, he's passed away this week, unfortunately, age of 91 in, uh, in Florida. Um, and the father of Lazio's Felipe Anderson has been arrested for a double homicide. Has anybody seen this? Mm-mm. No. No. Uh, he found a love rival and chased him. He was in his car. The love rival was on a moped. They crashed into each other. Uh, and the car then crashed into a house. Both the motorbike riding love rival and the lady sleeping in the house died. So he handed himself into police. Um, so there you go. I'm not right. sure. Oh yeah, I'm not sure what we can take from that. Don't be a love rival. I think is probably the 
By a faster moped. By a faster moped, yeah. One that can outrun a Fiat. There, can't, there must yeah. be a few of them, surely. <laughs> uh, some transfers. Ian Eyre has de- said that a Gerard return on loan is entirely conceivable. Um, I'm sure others might see it different after what happened with Frank Lampard this season. And Jermaine Defoe is having a medical at Sunderland. And all the talk was he was off to QPR, wasn't it? Mm. you disappointed but... by that, Chris? Um, no, not really. I think our <laughs> problems are more elsewhere. I think Zamora and Austin are working quite well. Maybe we need some kind of defensive cover, but um, uh, attacking cover for the pair of them. But I think our more problems are more pressing elsewhere. Uh, some rumours for you. Well, Wilfred Bonnig's on to Man City as well, 28 million. You said last week, Mark, you, that it was kind of the going rate, but, you know, it's quite expensive. Well, what I thought was, I think... Obviously, the Aguero's just come back from um, from injury now. Jovetic is injury prone and hasn't really done it at Manchester City. Dzeko's been out for a while. Um, Negredo's away on loan, isn't he? I think it's a it's a it's a thirty pound thirty million pound or thereabouts. But I don't think it's a long term signing. I think they've bought him for the next six to eighteen months until somebody better becomes available. Because okay, he's gonna he'll score a reasonable amount of goals, but. When everybody's fit, is he going to start more than one in three or one in four games? Not to my mind. And it, But they'll still be able to flog him for £20 million, make a £10 million loss, which to Manchester City is nothing. Mm. So I, I, think it's a, I think it's a short-term deal, really, to get them over the next, certainly till the end of the season, to compete with Chelsea, and then see how he goes for another six or 12 months, and then you can see him being shifted on to Spurs or Liverpool or somebody like that when somebody of a higher profile becomes available. OK. All right, a couple of rumours for you guys. So you see what you think to these or not. Winston Reid to Arsenal or, because Arsenal have dicked about, because that's what they tend to do, uh, Spurs. Good signing. Yeah, like him. Yeah, do you think that's either of those two sort of seem quite right? Yep, Arsenal's the one that keeps getting talked about. Like you say, they keep faffing about. Um, so somebody will nip in and get him. What do you reckon? Is this feasible? I, oh, I don't know. Ah, yeah. There's more important things to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. World peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this? Cock. cock or no cock, yeah. Well... <laughs> Thinking one's quite attractive on cock or no cock, and then discovering they have got one, and you then sort of question yourself. <laughs> Not that I played this game. Okay, Chris, we'll uh, we'll book you a book you a session at the psychiatrist tomorrow. I got eight out of ten. I was very pleased with myself. <laughs> I don't care how pleased with yourself you were. <laughs> I don't think anybody listening to this wants to know exactly how pleased you were. <laughs> um. Well, okay, let's move on then very quickly. Arsenal then, instead of Winston Reid, are now in for Matt Hummels. I thought he was always off to United, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that's always been talked about. Um, but he came out and said this week, didn't he, that he, he wants to remain at Borussia Dortmund for a long time. That could just be him trying to, you know, remain or seemingly remain loyal in, in the fans' eyes. I don't know. But, but you know who his manager is, don't you, Emma? Sorry? You know who his manager is, don't you, Matt Hummels, his manager? He's at Dortmund. No, I don't know who the Dortmund manager is. Jürgen Klopp. Okay. 
I'm sorry, I really wasn't listening to any of that. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading about something completely irrelevant. It was it's football related, but it's not. We asked for an hour of your. We asked for an hour of your time (laughs) once a week. Even that, even struggling with lately. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's getting back into the routine. As a uni student, I find it really difficult. Yeah, you've lost all sympathy there. <laughs> my thinking was, um, well, the, my logic behind why it could be a rumour is, of course, Jurgen Klopp has been tipped for the Arsenal job, hasn't he? Maybe this was some kind of sweetener to bring him in. I don't see Arsenal paying the amount of money Dortmund would like for Mark, Matt Hummels for a set half. No. I can't see it. Even as some kind of sort of, you know, buy him now and then some deal with Klopp in the summer. No, I, I don't. I see more of a Winston Reed, a Winston Reed for three million or four million now deal mm. than than tipping up thirty odd that thirty odd million for a centre back. All right, fair enough. Right, Emma, you ready? Yes. Right, Liverpool in for Alex Song. Yes or no? Um. Alex Song plays football. <laughs> no, I just it's a bit. <laughs> well, I suppose it would be a good move for them, but. Oh, he's done well at West Ham, hasn't he? Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, if they came in and offered enough money, I don't think West Ham are the kind of club to say no, are they? Well, he's on loan, isn't he, from Barcelona? Oh, is he? It's all right, don't worry. It's a long way from League Two, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Then, yeah, if he's already on loan in the Premier League... Well, it depends what happens at Barcelona, doesn't it? Until that's settled down, I don't think you can tell who's going to stay and who's going to go. No, you ever lie down while I ask Mark? Um, it's a possibility, I suppose. Um, it depends what his wages. I'm sure he's on a massive wedge at Barcelona. And I think Liverpool are quite stingy on the wages. Possibly one of the reasons that they weren't overly fast to um, retain Steven Gerrard. Uh, yeah, well, and they also lost out on Sanchez, didn't they? Maybe that was a. Well, yeah. Maybe that was either a London thing or a, or a, a money thing. I don't know. Right, two slightly crazy ones to end with. Um, Messi to Man City? Could they financially fair play afford him? Um, well, I think anybody trying to buy him under the fair play banner um, is going to struggle. But then, other than a punitive fine of 20 or £30 million pounds or whatever it is, that doesn't seem to be stopping anybody doing anything, really. So it could happen. And there's the odd um, funny rumble coming out of Barcelona in Messi's mouth, isn't there, about not being happy or discussing this, that and the other and okay, he's on he's having some issues with Luis Enrique now. And Louis, they could get bomb him out any time and get somebody that Messi does like in. But maybe he's just run his course at Barcelona and he, you know, might fancy trying it somewhere else. It was tough. I'd be surprised if it was, I'd be surprised if it was Manchester though. I think I think if Chelsea came for him, I could see that. But well, who it- knows? He's got teammates, hasn't he? Argentinian teammates in Man at City. Mm-hmm. He voted for Mourinho in at the Ballon d'Or, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Mm. To try and sweeten him up, I guess, maybe. What, what, what do you reckon to Roy Hodgson's voting at the Ballon d'Or? Did you see that? He voted yeah. for Mascarano, Philip Lahm and Manuel Neuer, didn't he? And he got a bit of stick. Well, I think he's just voted for who he thought were the best players at the World Cup. Because Mascarano had an excellent World Cup for Argentina. He tore his arse open for them, quite literally. <laughs> Nobody else did that. Nice. 
Maybe um, he was playing cockle now. Yeah, maybe. Lam Lam is a great player. Played had a good World Cup. Um, and Neuer, again, same thing. I, I think, think he's just trying to be different. I mean, you look at the voting. The voting. I was listening to something the other day. Um, the other day, and it was saying who some of the players and some of the national managers voted for, and it was just like Eurovision. Yeah, you know, voting for your pals. Like it was, some of it was just hilarious. I can. Hodgson, well, Hodgson's were were nowhere close to being the strangest. <laughs> Voting. There's a big case to be made for Manuel Neuer actually winning it, wasn't there? I mean, he won the German League and he won the World Cup, and he's by far and away the best player in his position in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the fact that he's a goalkeeper. You know, when do the goalkeepers win these things? Not very often, is it? No, I mean, in like the the English League, I think Schmeichel and Southall have won Player of the Year that I can think of. Mm. Um, well, the last rumour I was going to throw out to you both was Ravel Morrison to Lazio. They'd, they'd have to be off their trolley. That's what I was, yeah. <laughs> Emma? I've got a thing with Lazio tonight, haven't you? We have, haven't we? Yeah. Could Ravel, see Ravel Morrison playing there? He was found not guilty today, wasn't he, of something domestically towards his girl, ex-girlfriend or her mum or something, wasn't it? Until Until the next time. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows then? He might fit in. He's a terrific waste of talent. He did great at QPR last year. Who knows? He might fit in. Yes, yeah, sorry. No. Well, they won that. They wore the Je Suis Charlie um, shirts this week, didn't they? Uh, in the Rome derby. Really? Yeah. Um, rather than Je Suis Arcan, which was about twenty years ago, wasn't it? When he <laughs> met his maker. <laughs> Uh, right, well, that's the transfer news rounded up. We now move on to our Premier League predictions. What we do here is we um, predict the forthcoming Premier League football matches. Uh, we get a point per correct one we get right, either a win, a loss or a draw. And we also have a um, a fixture we pull out from the European League somewhere and we have to guess the correct score. I corrected, correctly predicted last week that Blind Spartans would beat Belper 2-0. So I got double points for that, and when I find the piece of paper and top the ball up, we'll still see that Emma's probably winning, despite our best efforts. <laughs> um, well, this week's correct prediction score is Rangers versus Hearts, which is not an SPL fixture, is it? Nope, it's uh, League One or Championship, whatever they call it. Yeah, this is Rangers trying to get back up again, isn't it? And failing miserably at the moment. Are they not doing so well? No, they're about thirteen or fourteen points behind Hearts, who are. If they were, well, they're probably all almost. You could almost crown them champions already. Um, if Rangers fail to beat them, or if, especially if they lose to them, they might as well give Hearts the championship now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm just trying to find where they are in the league. My fat fingers of. They're in the championship, aren't they? Yep, that's right. So the Hearts on 54, Rangers on 41, and Hibs on 33. I forgot Hibs are in that division. That's right. Yeah, they started slowly. And are making a better fist of it. They basically had to change an entire team over the summer and new manager. So they're, they're, they'll they'll finish third, which is where they were predicted to finish. It's like SPL like, isn't it? Cowdenby, my favourite Scottish team, are in this. The Blue Brazil. Yeah, I remember they went two years without winning a game at home, and I thought, well, they'll do for me. <laughs> Following Scotland. Uh, so what do we think then for this? Um, this has got to be the accurate score. So, Mark, what do you reckon? I am going to say Rangers nil, Hearts 2. 
So Rangers nil, Hearts two. Emma, what do you reckon? I will go three one Hearts. Three one to Hearts. This is at Rangers. Yeah. 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 Hearts won their first game of the season, I think. All right. Okay. Okay. You hipster, Emma. Uh, well, two nil did me last week, so I'm going to go two nil hearts. So that worked out for me last week. Right, we're getting on with our Premier League predictions. There are uh, no early games this week, so they're all three o'clock Saturday kickoffs. That's the first game. So Aston Villa Liverpool, the Dean Saunders derby, or Ray Houghton, or Ray Houghton, yeah, or Ronnie Rosenthal, if you've. Got some kind of slapstick mood in your head. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't play for Villa, did he? No, but he missed. That was where he missed out well, goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think then? Um, I'm I'm going to go for Liverpool. They seem like they're on a little bit of a roll. And I was, although Villa are tight at the back, I was shocked to see how many goals they've scored this season in the league. I hadn't really paid attention until I looked at the league table properly and saw they've only scored 11 goals all season. So. That's I think Liverpool will win this. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, awful. They've got no Ron Vlaar. Liverpool are without Stevie G and Adam Lallana. Is that going to make any difference, Emma? Probably not. No? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know if either of you saw it last week, mm-hmm. but there was an article in the paper where um, Gus Poyet was trying to encourage people to come and watch the Stevie G farewell tour. Did either of you see the article? No, go on. Uh, I thought it was just it just mind boggling to me that you would say that about the opposing team, but then I don't know. Oh this is this was before the game, was it? The Sunderland? Yeah, this is before the game, trying to encourage the Sunderland fans to come along. It's your last chance to see such a fantastic player, is that what you were saying? Yeah. Well he's right, surely. Yeah, but to say it to your own fans I thought it was a bit strange, uh, strange move. Yeah. But I still go for Liverpool. You're still going for Liverpool. Yeah, well, they only got to see half of him anyway, didn't they? Because he, um, he went off at half-time. Aston Villa are bottom of the form table at the moment. Uh, no wins, at least, in their last six. So Below Everton. Jesus. Below Everton. Newcastle are below Everton. Wow. I never thought that was possible. No. Well, I'm going to go for a draw, because this is Liverpool. What do you reckon? Paul Lambert out of a job if they keep losing? Mm, no, well, I don't know. They've stuck, with, they've stuck with him, and they've been in worse situations or similar situations before. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, next game is Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Now, Burnley are pretty decent at home, aren't they? But Palace have got the Pardew factor, which Ross was um, very pleased about. Hmm. Mm. Um. Well, I think I might just go for a, a safe draw. You can see you can see positives to both sides. Palace good win last week, as you say, new manager. Burnley doing relatively well at the minute. Um, at home, obviously, where they're going to get their points, and they'll be targeting this game. Yeah. Get to get three, but Palace will be doing the same. So I think it might be a, a scoring draw. Would you like a killer stat? If you insist. Go on. Milak. Uh, how the hell do you say his first name? Jedinak. Milak. Is it Mile? Mile. Mile Jedinak. Uh, he's not playing this weekend. He's injured. He has the second highest number of tackles in the Premier League, with 51. That's the sort of player they miss in the middle of their midfield, isn't he? 
Mm. Which kind of makes me tip towards Burnley. So I'm going to go Burnley. What about you, Emma? Um, I'll go for Burnley as well. Yeah? Yeah. I quite like Sean Dyche. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. This is my, pre- this is my revelation halfway through the season. Uh, Leicester versus Stoke. This is, um, I was going to say Fulbert Street. It's not Fulbert Street anymore, is it? It's the King Power Stadium, isn't it? So... Uh, I, just I just went past there this week. Oh, did you? I did indeed. Yeah, I was in Leicester for half a day. Where were you? The hospital. Oh, right. Yeah, it's very close by, isn't it? Yeah, it took about an hour to drive 100 metres to get into the car park. Yeah, you will do. Insane. That's by Filbert Street, isn't it? Yeah, it's not far away. What you should have done, of course, is parked on those uh, terraced houses nearby and walked in if you could have done. Uh, you see, stranger in a strange land, so I never knew this. Yeah, local knowledge. See? Um, but then I'm going to go for Leicester for this one. I got Stoke away seemed to be a bit funny. They're next to each other in the form table, though. Mm. In that case, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a draw. We're going about you, Emma. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a draw. You're going to go for a draw. Okay. Well, after Stoke have lost out to um, the Shakiri. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Imagine Bojan and Shakiri next to each other in a team. That'd have been fantastic. And obviously they were so close to signing him too, so... Oh, of course, yeah. He must have pondered that one for hours, into Milan or Stoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Queen's Park Rangers, Manchester United. No Robin Van Persie from Man United. And maybe no Falcao, whoever, you know... He didn't even get in the squad this weekend, did he? Yeah. I still think they'll be all right. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I've said it repeatedly this, this season, I'm I'm perplexed as to how they're fourth in the league and doing well, even though they've got, you know, good forwards, they're not defensively the best and Southampton played them perfectly last week, but I still can't see QPR having enough quality to bring them down, so I'll go for United. Well, I mocked you, didn't I, for your Southampton prediction? You did, but it kind of, the game went exactly, it was, it was like a game from last season, it was like watching a David Moyes' Man United a lot of pressure, ultimately that went nowhere, and then the opposition picked them off. Second half, I thought Southampton were brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to go for Man United as well. Unfortunately, Emma, I do remember Eric Cantona playing, and I remember the season that Queen's Park Rangers went down back in '96. I think it was. We were winning against Manchester United at home till about five minutes into injury time when he popped up and scored the equaliser, and we went down about a week later. So we do remember Eric Cantona. <laughs> Swansea Chelsea the Scott Sinclair derby if he still exists yeah he's um, he's getting on the bench recently for for Man City oh, that's just they got that. is that because they've got to have an English quota or something or homegrown quota maybe or maybe they really are down to the bare bones yeah <laughs> the has got on ahead of him yeah um, this is at Swansea this is the ball boy derby isn't it actually thinking about it yeah. it is yes yeah. Just think he's old enough to shave now, probably. He was old enough to shave then. He was. He was. I saw it. He was a little man child, though, wasn't he? Really, he was. He tweeted earlier on in the day that the world's greatest ball boy was back and watch me later or something. He, he was. It was all pre-planned, I think. Um, sorry. What a tool. What a tool. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, can anyone see Swansea doing anything here? I might go for a cheeky draw. No, I'm. I think Chelsea will. 
thought. You're going for Chelsea, are you? Definitely. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Same here. So nobody can see any kind of result for Swansea? Nope. Afraid not. No? Okie dokie. Uh, your new friends, Tottenham versus Sunderland, Emma? They're not my friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bedfellows. I... No, I think we'll go for a home win. Once they got... It's hard to sort of... Once they sort of got going, despite being 2-0 down, they looked really good. It was just that first sort of... Just like, you know, when you have no one's in their seats yet and you're not really concentrating on what's happening and that seemed a little bit on the pitch as well. Yeah, um, they lost last time out, didn't they, to Palace? They beat Chelsea, lost to Palace and... I think it will have... I think you don't... You know, despite the fact they went on to win 4-2, I think they'll... Going 2-0 down in six minutes is pretty horrendous. I think they probably would have... Hopefully would have worked on that. I think they'll be looking for something against Sunderland. They will want something against Sunderland. Yeah. And I think they'll probably will get it. Okay. Well, they're sixth at the moment, aren't they? They're, they're sixth on 34th and United are fourth on 37th. So they're all within touching distance still, aren't they? The Champions League spot. What do you reckon, Mark? Uh... Being at home, I'll go for Spurs. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I think. I can kind of, again. I can see a draw, but I, this is just Sunderland. I just, you can't ever predict what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Newcastle Southampton. This is the Kevin Keegan derby. Isn't it? Could be. Yeah, uh, they've got a bit of an injury crisis at the moment. Southampton, haven't they? They've got six players out injured, including Wanyama and Schneidlin. Wanyama did his hamstring the other day, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Carver's job interview continues. Yeah, it's getting to that time of year where Newcastle can often have wobblies and I don't know how much they're playing for Carver. So I think I'll go for Southampton. Yeah, despite those injuries. Yeah, they did me a good turn last week, so I think I'll stick with them. All right. Well, look at this the website I found today. Newcastle got 10 players that injured. That's the most in the Premier League, so Mm -hmm. maybe you're right. I'm going to go Southampton as well then. Emma, Southampton, <laughs> Southampton are third in the Premier League. Yeah. Bournemouth are top of the Championship. Yeah. Your friends are a bit lower than that, aren't they? Mm. It pains me to say it, but <laughs> Southampton are a pretty safe bet this season, aren't they? Did you hear the Sunday show this week? No. They had a special guest Pompey fan on, and he said the worst thing about it is is just the, the fact that they're playing so brilliantly. Yeah, it is. Is that you can't you can't begrudge them for it because they are quite entertaining to watch and and it's something different, isn't it? It's not just. I mean, they have had a lot of money behind them, but it's not like the Man City factor of coming into the top four. You're begrudging the fact you can't begrudge them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to go with them this week? Yeah, I think so. Okie dokie. Right, Sunday is West Ham versus Hull. Ooh. I'm going to go West Ham because Hull seem to be, well, just seems to be crap really, don't they? Yeah, and they've got injuries left, right, and centre. They've got virtually no forward line left. No, and there's no Yelovich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can only see West Ham win. Yeah, me too. What about you, Emma? Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, Man City Arsenal at four o'clock. Man City have got no first team players 
out injured. Um, Arsenal, I've got Debussy with that shoulder he did last week in Stoke. Uh, Gibbs, Welbeck, and amongst others. Uh, and Arteta, who has got the highest pass accuracy of the Premier League. 94%. Side, sideways and backwards two-yard passes. Well, this is quite interesting. <laughs> shouldn't really count. There should be a barrier, as you know, a, a cut-off point as to what actually counts for these stats. But He's got a pass accuracy 94%. Flamini has got a pass accuracy 92 They're obviously passing it to each other, aren't they? Yeah. And Flamini's passing rate is still worse. So... <laughs> John, John Stones has got an accuracy of 92%. His are always like spraying the ball 30 yards to the winger and he's a genius. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> like Barese and Zidane sort of combined. It's like Ronald Koeman at his peak. Yeah. Do you still think about that free kick versus England when you think when you see Ronald Koeman on the telly? He's going to flick one. He's going to flick one. <laughs> That's it. I do actually. I saw I saw Kuman play for Feyenoord back end of his career at Everton, and it was he's the best passer I've ever seen in the flesh. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. Okie dokie. Wow. Who are you going to go for in this one? I think City will probably have a little bit too much for them. I think so. I think it's actually at City, isn't it? So I think that makes a massive difference. I'm going to go City. Emma, can you make a case for Arsenal? Um. No, not really. They were good last week, but that was, yeah, I think City will just have too much for them. Yeah, okie dokie. Uh, Monday night's game is Everton versus West Brom. So, after what happened um, on Tuesday, are you heartened or...? Um, yes, and still apprehensive, as I said before. You can play as well as you like, but if you're not getting a win one way or another... Um, it doesn't matter how well you play, although we are playing better than we have been of late. So, but then again, West Brom, you know, new manager, couple of wins under their belt. They're going to come to Everton and they're going to they're going to be tactically aware. They're going to defend deep. They're going to defend like swines. They're going to try and hit Everton on the counter. Um, do you know what? I think I'm going to go for a draw. You're going to go for a draw. You've got quite a few players out, don't you? Pienaar, McCarthy, Howard. McCarthy, yeah, McCarthy's the big one. Um, a lot of the players who are missing are the players who are probably on the bench anyway. Osman, Pinar, Hibbert. But that just means that the squad's looking a bit thin. Um, we need Morales to be playing, yeah. as was obvious the other night. And we desperately need McCarthy back, to be fit. We, we, we lack a lot in midfield without him. OK, OK. Well, I'm going to go for a draw as well, because the Pulis factor, I think. What are you going to go for, Emma? Um... I'll shake it up and go for Everton. We're going to bet Everton. Good girl. Right. Okay. That brings us to the end of our predictions. That almost brings us to the end of our podcast. Is there anything anybody wants to uh, plug or talk about? I'm good. All good in the hood, Emma? Nope. I'm carrying on my league tour of going to Woking on Saturday. Are you? Yeah. Don't be sure why I do it, you know. Newport, Spurs, Woking. What's it Woking? <laughs> Who Woking played? Uh, Bristol Rovers. Uh-huh. The only thing I remember about Woking is when they beat West Brom in the Cup. Do you remember that, Mark? I do. Uh, and actually, that's in the, there's a feature on that in this month's or When Saturday Comes magazine, which I haven't read yet, but it's sitting here on the table in front of me. Buzaglo, wasn't he called? Tim Buzaglo got a hat-trick and they played Everton in the next round. And they, they went to Goodison and think they lost 1-0. They did, didn't they? It was quite a close game, wasn't it? Yeah, she scored the winner. There you go. I mean, you can talk about that. You get yourself a free drink. 
I'll see. Yeah. You, the, you've got to sing There's Only One Timbers, Timbers Aglo. <laughs> I think that was the name of the fanzine or something, was it not? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. He had good hair, do you remember? He had sort of slick black hair, didn't he? He had early 90s, could look like an extra from EastEnders type hair. He looked like a proper 90s footballer, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of new articles on Man of the Post. Um, Colin Renner has got an article on. Now, this is quite a good one. This is, he found a picture of, I think it must have been back in the sort of 50s or so, of what a future football stadium would look like. Uh, fiberglass sliding roofs, four tier stands for seating up to a quarter of a million people. Um, goal line technology, electronic ray that breaks when the ball crosses the, light, uh, the line. The referee will sit in a box above the pitch. Quite, so you could look down, presumably a glass box. I saw, I saw about this a, f- a few, not on the, not on the Man of the Post, but on the, um, on either in a magazine or a website or something. And whoever this guy was was probably viewed as some sort of um, nut job back in the fifties or sixties. But if you look at the stuff that he predicted, it's either all come true or it will come true in the next five or ten years. Well, yeah, centre circles for other activities, corner buildings for training and education, and helicopters can land on roofs. Not too far away, is it? Not really. What uh, Man City are going for at the minute? They're all they're all this complex stuff, isn't it? Well, they're rebuilding Manchester, aren't they? Good luck with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the other article we got, Pete Swallow has got an article up about Harry Kane and the problem of the Great England hype machine. I think there's a few people before Harry Kane that have suffered from that. Uh, let's hope he's not the hype. Let's hope he's the real deal. So there's those you can check on. That's manofthepost.com. Uh, you can follow Man of the Post on Twitter, at Man of the Post. Guys, if they want to follow you. Emma, how do they follow you? At mwebs. So Woking tweets, uh, at mwebs. Mark, if they want to follow you. <laughs> um, I am at the football pink. At the football pink. Okay. Um, Ross and the guys will be here on Sunday to talk about uh, the results that we just predicted. So we'll see how we get on there. Um, check out the new articles at manofthepost.com. And you can follow all the other guys on Twitter. They all read out their Twitter handles uh, at the end of their shows as well on Sunday. So thank you ever so much for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post.